This is Listen to the Editors, a series of interviews with journal editors to unveil the trends in research for operations and supply chain management. I'm your host, Yuri Gavronsky. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Kalyan Singhal and Dr. Subodh Kumar. Dr. Singhal is the McCurdy Professor of Management in the Merrick School of Business. He founded the Production and Operation Management Society, POMS, in 1989, and he has been serving as Editor-in-Chief of the POMS Journal of Production and Operation Management since he founded it in 1992. Dr. Sibodi Kumar is the Paul R. Anderson Distinguished Professor of Marketing and Supply Chain Management at Temple University's Fox School of Business. He also serves as the director of the Center for Data Analytics and the PhD Concentration Advisor for Operations and Supply Chain Management. Professor Kumar is the deputy editor and the department editor of Production and Operations Management, POM, and the deputy editor-in-chief of Management and Business Review. He has served as a senior editor of Decision Sciences and associate editor of Information Systems Research. He is the associate executive director of POMS Information Technology Services, the web editor of POMS, and the vice president of Informs Information Systems Society. Thank you both for sharing your thoughts on publication and research. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So uh, we'd like to, to start talking about the mission of the journal. What is the current mission of the journal? The mission of the journal is to publish research in all areas of production and operations management. That is innovation, product design, process design, manufacturing, service operations, supply chain management, quality management, and so forth. No area is excluded, no research paradigm is excluded. All of them are included. Uh, Dr. Kalyan, I have the opportunity here to talk to someone that is the editor-in-chief since the inception of the journal, which is a rare opportunity. Did you observe any changes over the years for this mission or for this journal? Mission has not changed, its implementation has changed. So the journal has evolved considerably over time. But we, we formulated the mission so that it can be the same mission for next thousand years. And how would you describe the changes that the journal observed over the years? But <laughs> the single most important accomplishment of this journal is that we have expanded the boundaries of the field. We have created many new areas that simply did not exist before. And second, this is the only journal for all practical purposes in operations management that covers all research paradigm from mathematical models to deductive logic using simple English to data-driven research. How many issues do you have per year? Uh, 12, one every month. That would be around how many papers per year? About 150 papers per year. How many submissions per year, average? About 1,400. So that would be about 90% rejection rate, right? More than 90 yeah, about 88%. We, we, our acceptance rate is about 11 to 12%. Is that correct, Subodh? You can correct me. It has gone down. It's around 10% right now. What is the stage of the process where the rejections occur more often in the desk review of the editor, during the evaluation of the uh, reviewers? When do you observe the rejection to happen? So I can give you some statistics on that. So. Uh, the, the highest rejection happens uh, after the first round of review. It's not the desk reject, but 
once it goes through the review process. So that's where most of the rejection happens. So some papers which are clearly not a, a fit or not written to the audience of production and operations management. We do desk rejects as Professor Single told. Uh, you know, we are very open in terms of both uh, uh, the topics and the methodology. So we don't reject on those grounds. Uh, that it does not fit in terms of methodology, but some paper may not be production and operations management altogether, or uh, they are not to the to the quality, and those papers are disc rejected. But the biggest percentage is after the first round of review. That's where you get the most. How much would that would be in the, the after the first round, or how much that would be in the desk rejection? Would you have by stage? Uh, we don't have exact number, but I can I can give you some idea. Uh, so if you if you roughly think around, uh, uh, I will say 70% to 80% papers get rejected, either desk reject or after first round. So a big chunk goes out in that time, and then to that. Second. See, one of the reasons we don't desk dis reject many papers because the authors benefit from the review process then they get feedback. Many journals, they don't want to take the time of the reviewers and they quickly desk reject so that the referees have to do less work. Our referees are quite committed and we are committed to serving the community. Our constituencies, authors, not the editor. Could you describe the, the editing process for the journal? What are the stages so we can... Huh? Okay, so basically the, the process is, the standard is that it should be, uh, it should give a message to the production and operations management community, both practitioners and uh, researchers. Uh, and the process wise, the paper is first submitted and the authors really uh, suggest a department editor. And in uh, most of the cases, we send the paper to that department editor. A department editor looks at the paper and then uh, based on uh, uh, the topic or, or what he does, uh, he or she chooses a, a senior editor. And uh, senior editors, we have different departments in the journal. So we have senior editors for each department, but the department editors can choose from any department, the senior editor essentially, uh, if needed. And then a senior editor uh, uh, based on the paper, either, either we do, they say that we paper cannot go out for review, which is not very common. Uh, in very special cases, we do that. Then the paper goes to, the senior editor chooses uh, two or three, Generally, it's two or three, but some papers it is even more. Uh, but most of the time, it's two or three reviewers. And then, um, uh, then once the review comes back, senior editor uh, adds uh, his or her recommendation on top of that. Then goes to the department editor, and department editor eventually make the decision on the paper whether it should go to the next round, whether it's rejected, uh, or it is accepted. And the same process is repeated for the revision. So in the revision, the only difference is the paper directly goes to the department editor. Uh, it doesn't come back to the editor-in-chief anymore? No, until the paper is accepted and, and after that. What is the logic of the composition of the editorial board? Do you, do you have any, any goal in, in the definition of the, the people that go into this editorial board in terms of uh, either diversity or skills? Or what do you look for when we are composing the editorial board? Yes, yes. First, we are the most decentralized editorial team of any leading journal in the Production and operations management has so many different topics. So we want the only the specialist to head as departmental editor. So that is the logic of organization. It has been working very well. Fully autonomous, I do not overrule their decisions. Uh, unless there is a formal appeal by the author, then yes. What are the main mistakes that you, as a senior editor, observe in the papers that are desk rejected? 
One reason clearly is that the contribution is not significant. So how do you evaluate the contribution? That is a the, the significance of the contribution is the most important judgment one has to make. It is the editor's judgment. Uh, we are human, we can make mistakes, but that is where we are. And of course, there are other reasons which of course can be disputed, authors can dispute. If there is an obvious error in the paper, uh, Hypotheses are not developed well, uh, modeling is not adequate, oh, those, those are the Or sometimes in a rare, in some cases, it's a make-believe problem that even remotely does not exist. The author can deal with a problem which is which is not which is not related to the real world. Sometimes people just make a problem. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. What about you as researchers? Alien, what do you research? First, I do research in international trade because supply chain, the basis is in global supply chain, the basis is international. Second, I do some research in queuing theory. Third, I do research in management of technology, product design, process design. And uh, fourth, I do some research on philosophy of research. You also tr work with empirical and, and analytical research or only analytical? My research is all theory-based, uh, analytical or non-analytical. I do not do any database research. What do you research? My work is at the interface of operations management, information systems and marketing. And what I essentially try to do uh, is that look at the problems which are like uh, interdisciplinary in nature. For example, uh, e-commerce problems, right? Uh, they are they always have all three angle in there or healthcare because it involves operations part and there's a lot of IT involved in that in this market. So in terms of the problem domain, I started with uh, with digital marketing. My initial work were on web advertising. Uh, then I uh, moved on uh, and also I have done traditional manufacturing problem like robotic sales scheduling and so on. So those were my early work. We had a patent with a company and so on. Uh, in, the, in the middle phase, I moved more towards uh, uh, software management, so software management and uh, data mining kind of work. So I did a lot of that for three, four years. Then I started working more on omni-channel retailing. So a lot of my work uh, starting 2008 or so were around omni-channel retailing. Uh, by 2010-11, I started getting into healthcare, which I do a lot uh, right now. So I work with different companies and also research on that. Uh, then uh, my next phase, I got into social media analytics. So that was my another area where I uh, do a lot of work. Lately, I'm doing more with disruptive technologies like blockchain, fintech, uh, 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 artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning kind of thing. And look at more from the perspective of either it's operations problem, how it impacts supply chain, for example, uh, uh, if you have a blockchain or if you have a IoT, Internet of Things. How, how it impact the operational issues as well as IT issues. Uh, I have recently have started looking more into finance and strategy problems as well. So I try to combine operational issues with uh, uh, with either strategy problem or uh, stock market uh, issues. So that's kind of broadly in terms of methodology. I I do all of them. I started as an OR researcher, but I got more into uh, more game theoretic models. Then later on, I moved to econometric modeling. Um, and as I told, I do a lot of machine learning kind of stuff these days. I also do some live experiments and so on. So that's kind of summarizes what I tend to do. I mostly do research on the empirical side. And sometimes I have some difficulties discussing research problems with my colleagues in operations research. How do you see, uh, and, and that's open 
to both of you. Um, how do you see the integration between analytical research and empirical research? Can a paper have both in the same package or that would be too much for a single paper? I will have Subodh answer first, then I will. Yeah, so I, I'll tell you. So I have tried all possible combinations uh, there, have pure in analytical have some flavor of uh, data in that to support some of the assumptions and also validate some results or have a paper which is half empirical, half analytical or pure empirical. And I'll tell you what I have found in my experience uh, over time in those things. So, so these are all possible. That's the first answer to your question is yes. But is it practical? Uh, it gets into some operational issues if you think. If you have a paper which is half analytical half empirical then who is going to evaluate that so the reviewers most of the time are either trained in empirical or analytical it's hard to find a lot of people will be expert in both although that number is changing these days a lot of new students are trained very well in both but that didn't used to be the case and in the review process you may not get those good people anyway so then you get beaten up that okay it's not enough empirical to get published in a journal it's not enough analytical to get published so current states is the current state is that it's very hard to publish a paper which is not at least more focused on one or the other that's what i have experienced you can have flavor of the other things and i think these days we always have some flavor especially in analytical models some data support but uh, yeah it is it's more like a support than having a full talent please you would like to to add something to this question yes People like Subodh Kumar are rare. There are most people work in one or the other. Remember, Bernard Shaw once said that England and America are two countries separated by the same language. So we have these two communities, uh, data-driven community and theory-driven community. They are separated by the same discipline. They do not do research in the other thing. And that it, it can easily change if people... People in some leading business schools want to change, it can easily change. And I am trying to do something. I will do it sometime within the next 12 months. I know how I'm going to start that. I will let you know. Call me after. Any suggestions? For example, uh, imagine a researcher is uh, starting a new research project and he thinks that POM will be a good outlet for that particular project, what does this researcher should think before starting his project and before writing the paper to you? We are no different from any journal. Initially, make sure the problem is real. It is not something you make believe, you take in the literature a problem, then you twist it so you can solve it. Uh, so first, you should be sure that the problem is real. And then go as far as you can. You, you have to go to the last mile, as, as rigorous as you can. There are no guidelines. It, it just people who do 90% good job are quite different from those who do 95 or different from 99. One has to uh, pursue as far as one can. How do you measure your reputation? What are the KPIs? Look, journal reputation first. But ultimate journal reputation is what the community thinks. We do annual survey. Now, there is a problem here. There are two issues. What the professor thinks and what his school thinks. They can be two different things. I think this is a great journal. My school doesn't. So we do a survey in which we ask them a question. How much does this journal count for promotion and tenure decisions? And we did that survey for all the top journals and we ranked very high. Uh, number one was management science. And then we tied with operations research. And then there are other journals. 
So it was quite heartening, and uh, we will do it again next year. And if you call us, uh, I'll give you something better. Let us hope. I was thinking when you said that what the the community thinks. We talk with between researchers and also with school deans, and they normally bring up those rankings of journals, the Financial Times, and all these rankings of journals. Do you aim at any of those rankings? First of all, there are three major rankings in the world as far as I know. One is the Business Week, second is the Financial Times, third there is University of Texas at Dallas which is a public website. We are on all three and we are the only operations management journal we are all three. Uh, and we are the only operations management journal on the Business Week list. So we are on all three lists, and if that is not good enough, fine. So basically, you look at that. So how do you keep? We don't look at that. They looked at our oh, journal. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I am sorry. If they say you are good and on our list, we say thank you. But they believe it at that because end of the day, it depends on the people who write articles and who read articles. There's a recurring process, right? I mean, of course, by publishing good research you go higher in any ranking but as well when you go higher in in those rankings you attract better research right it could happen somewhere but i don't put much value on that it oh, is going to do with the journal our greatest thing look supply chain management we were the first journal to publish a special issue edited by one of the two top superstars in supply chain management howley you heard his name right mm -hmm. Uh, we created this whole field of environment management. I am. We have published more articles in environment management and sustainability than any top journals on the business week list. It is possible we have published more articles than all remaining 19 journals combined. We created the behavioral operations field. We are the only journal which has dedicated department to production and marketing interface, production and finance interface, production and information system interface, production and accounting interface. So we have expanded the field recognition is not a short term some people say oh your citation level are high or low no. i i am looking for what happens to this journal 50 years from now when i will not be around have we created new field have we created have we conquered new territories that will serve the community and community does not mean our authors or the schools but the business community eventually the knowledge passes on to the business community and if you don't explore new areas remember what happened with japan all of our researchers all no exception except few people at harvard they were all red faced toyota did not use a single mathematical model they did not use computers they did not use any of the so called management theories and they created the title of that book the machine that changed the world and they were all red faced so one has to see where it makes the difference then some researchers try to find out how did they do that are they 12 feet tall then they say no they they took this idea from america this idea from india their statisticians were actually trained in india at one time world top four statisticians were in kolkata fisher and rao and mahalam nobis and this and the top statisticians of toyota was trained there so then people discovered that all these things they collected knowledge from the rest world of the world and they created a new system uh, they did american things but american themselves did not pay attention to what was known here indeed whatever was used here in 1950 they stopped using in 60s and 70s japanese started doing that. so it is not very easy to measure impact the citation index and impact on the research it has nothing to do with what happens to the real world
Okay, uh, would you like to add anything on that, uh, Subodhi? No, I think uh, <laughs> that's all I would say. You're good. How do you yeah. see your global reach? I mean, do you still are mostly read in the US or do you have a global spread? We have the largest share of non-US authors and non-US members of any journal in operations. So we are as global as we can. Yes. And I have a team from India. And I can tell you the last year data in terms of the readership, uh, almost the number of downloads were uh, actually highest in China. We have a strong presence in China. As I was saying, my team, when he went to China, he just said casually that mom's office is here. Then that person delivered a long speech in Chinese, which my dean didn't understand a word. But he used the mom's word 25 times in his speech. Just to give you an idea that we have a very strong presence outside the United How many downloads a year? So in 2017, we had around 300,000 downloads. And, and that would be roughly divided between the globe. China was actually 29%, which was the highest uh, in any country. Uh, mm -hmm. Second highest was uh, the US, 23%. And then 18% uh, was uh, others. Okay, that was the third highest actually. And then UK was 6% and other countries. Do you have any idea on what are the reasons for the global reach of form? Rigor, the contribution is for real problems. Three, three. Do you have any guess on why? No, no, we are quite sure. We are an inclusive society. First, including all topics. We are expanding. So there will be people everywhere. Second, all the paradigm. And third, we have a very democratic process. We have fewer deaths rejection than many, many journals. Everybody has an opportunity. And uh, how much that would be a desk rejection, roughly? So, so let me first finish that. Another thing that uh, I would like to add, so we, of course, are inclusive and all. Also, our editorial board is kind of very diverse. So it's from all over the world. And uh, that basically helps us uh, in attracting good papers from other uh, uh, countries, as well as they have better understanding of uh, research on that area. So that also. Yes, yes, this is a very important part. Well, regarding the future, so any open calls for special issues or future calls that you are working on that you would like to highlight? Uh, one we are planning very uh, recently, we're going to announce is uh, on uh, disruptive technologies that you are working, how that is changing uh, the operations uh, production and operations management problems and what it brings new kind of problems. Uh, so that is the one we are working. Uh, we recently had uh, several. We had one which was on uh, big data analytics that we finished. We had another one on healthcare that have been accessed widely. That special issue has been very popular. And um, Kalyan has been trying, like we had on big data, we had two different issues. Kalyan, you want to talk more about that? There were two, two special issues. In one, we published simply essays on big data. Most journals don't do. We have published more essays, one simple collection than any journal on this earth. So we tried to promote that. Just invited the top people to say whatever they want to say. They are not research articles, they are essays. And then we published to support that a special issue. Do you remember the title of the Howley's special issue? Right? Yeah, that was on sustainability. Yeah. So there is another special issue on sustainability in the making. That is going on right now. Okay, it's open. I will get on your website this open call right. and post on the show notes for the listeners. Do you think that there are any research topics that are currently appealing or trending these days? So one thing uh, that we are noticing, of course, there's a lot of work going on, on around big data. 
and that is and uh, i think another big area which is trending is so when i say big data it includes data science and everything and then another is healthcare these two are the big trending thing uh, that we see right now but the emerging one we say where we don't see that many papers is on uh, disruptive technologies and uh, a lot of people have started working but uh, really it's not reached to the point where we have published many many so volume is not there yet but uh, we feel that that will be one thing another is not for profit so we just started a new department uh, a few months back because we are seeing uh, another thing as as kalyan was telling that uh, you know we are very uh, proactive and risk taker when we see area is emerging we come with the department and we try to make sure that uh, we are getting the best papers in So not for profit how would you differentiate not for profit management from humanitarian operations what would be the main differences uh, i'll let kalyan answer then i'll i'll take until well humanitarian operations can be done by private sector non profit government everybody so okay. and non for not for profit is not for profit so not does not include for profit companies so that that's, a, that's an easy question and uh, and then uh, another thing i'd like to add that we have a department on uh, disaster management which handles the humanitarian papers so we have we have that as a separate department too so some of the papers can fit in both of them and which is fine so authors can submit to either and what about this disruptive technologies how would you describe so disruptive technologies could be very good example will be you think that these days we have internet of things right so what internet of things have done to the the operations is that now devices are talking to each other more and more devices that changes the way uh, maybe supply chain works because now maybe devices can place orders in automated way i'm talking about consumer level uh, the smart refrigerator and those kind of things now the firms have to have different logistic strategy for that so that creates a new set of problems similarly now several firms are doing blockchain blockchain will take away lot of repetitive tasks now when it takes away lot of repetitive tasks that also changes the way our operations optimization has worked over time so we need to rethink that companies have to rethink that today i was reading that walmart has a grand plan and they have already done all these robots in their store they have already implemented in large cities and they are doing it in the, their smaller stores as well now this uh these robots not only check for all the spillage and all but they also see if any item is out of stock in the shelf that has been a huge problem in inventory inventory inaccuracy like uh, no anantraman paper had shown that it can be up to 40% in in large grocery stores they are trying to get rid of that problem now once that comes then some of the things that we have studied earlier need to be restudied in the world of operations management so all these kind of things uh, how they are changing the way we look at this problem what are the new problems emerge that's what we are trying to handle kalyan you want to add anything to that no 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 this fine have you seen any papers published recently on your journal that caught your attention there are quite a few and i wouldn't highlight one article then I- Then authors will say, "Well, why did you forget our articles?" I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Do you have a best paper award? Yes. How does it work? So, so I can explain the process. So, we every year we set a committee uh, of senior researchers, which is chaired by one person, and they ask all the department editors to nominate papers, and then the committee evaluates all the nominated papers that go through several round of voting, and then they pick the. either one or two best and a runner up depending on what kind of papers are there and we present this award during our annual conference which is going to happen in a few weeks actually in may and we also we also 
give awards to our best uh, reviewers, best senior editors, and best department editors. Besides publishing in a very prestigious journal, do you have any other initiatives to publicize the work your authors do? Do you have any, any type of initiative to make it available to a wider community of some sort? This is one of the shortcomings of our organization at this point because slowly we have we plan to publicize it to the business community have press releases there are articles that can go to press and reason i cannot get into this right now because both of us are busy in creating a practitioner's journal that will compete head on with harvard business review i will send you material on that once we are done with that we will use that journal to publicize what we publish uh, let me see if i understood so The Society, Production and Operations Management Society, is launching a second journal. No, it has nothing to do with Production and Operations Management Society. It is our independent initiative. Uh, I will send you the information on this. We have people from Harvard and Wharton and Stanford and Northwestern, Chicago. Every major school has professors on it. And we are one of the things we want to promote in that journal that whatever is published in the research journals, why don't you, if you've done something that is useful to the practitioner, why don't you write a practitioner's piece? Now, Harvard Business Review doesn't always publish them, but if it is useful, we will publish. Oh, I see. So it's a separate initiative, not related to the society, but can include, for example, other fields like marketing and others. Yes, I just accepted a paper on marketing, yes. Would you mind giving me the name of this publication? Management and business review. I will add to the show notes. Yes. Okay, good. What's the relevance for practitioners of the Production and Operation Management Journal? Do you gather any evidence of that or you don't think that it's the outlet for that? I will send you an article by Har Harvard Simon that the process by which the academic knowledge actually reaches the business community is not an easy process. It's a, it's a, it's a winding process and most people don't understand it. But almost of all the articles that are published in research journals, if 5% make it to the business community, it does wonders. Where has all this knowledge come to the business community a bulk of it has actually come from published articles so it is difficult to identify a particular journal but it does i mean forgetting the journal when john dancing presented a linear programming simplest algorithm at the conference in chicago where uh, the people who formulated it they were there uh, and uh, everybody said the lots of people eventually got nobel prize in economics they said this is great it was left for bill cooper in 1952 implement large-scale implementation of linear programming and the whole world change. So things do take time. Comparing earlier volumes of Production Operations Management Journal, do you see any changes in the expectations of the papers over the years? We don't expect changes. We have expanded the field considerably. So we published 400 pages, small size. Now we publish 2,000 plus six times as many papers. So the size has increased, diversity has increased, but the standards of the article hasn't changed. You don't see the, the methodology or, or the analytics moving? In the very first issue, we published analytical paper, data-driven, uh, theory-driven papers. But because of this new technology, the new topics have in it. Like we have lots of areas driven by IT. Now we will have papers driven by big data. So These changes are taking place, but the standard of the journal will not change. In many places of the world, there are 
some calls for open access research and we see an increase in the demand for researchers that get grants to publish in, in open access uh, outlets or at least make their paper open access. Do you see any of that somehow influencing your journal? We, anybody, we have that option. That the authors want to make it open access. They have to pay a certain amount to the publisher who, who collects the money and who sells the journal. So that option is available. Okay, anything that you would like to add? Subodh, you have any? No, I think uh, we have covered everything. Thank you very much for your time. I Let me tell you that. something else. Wait, wait, wait. I had something to do with reviving Journal of Operations Management. They had original publishers, had killed it, buried it. I got it exhumed. That's how I got involved in this. I was the first to propose MSOM before it was created. So I have very strong association with all three journals. So we are one journal. We don't compete with anybody. If other journals are doing better, we are happy. That's it. We thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. And thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for doing this. This is very useful for us also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen to the Editors is an initiative of the Operations and Supply Chain Management Division of the Academy of Management. We post our interviews monthly in our division website. You can discuss any of the topics of this episode using our interactive tool connect.aom.org. Using the discussion section of our site, you can also post suggestions for questions, journal editors you would like to hear from and request for clarifications. You can also subscribe to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or with the Podcast Addict app on Android. See you next month.